In this episode of Eden Exchanges, we spoke to Warren Ballantyne from Guttervac, a leading long-standing franchise network in the business of cleaning gutters. Warren shared some insights into the world of franchising, talked through how to be a successful franchisee with Guttervac and future goals for the company. So welcome everyone. Today we're joined by Warren Ballantyne who heads up the Guttervac franchise. Look, thanks a lot for joining us today. Like, can you first start off by telling us what Guttervac does and how the company came about? Sure. Uh, Guttervac is a service industry. It's in the home maintenance sector. Um, and it does, just as the name says, uh, we vacuum clean roof gutters. But of course, uh, we do more than that. Um, we do gutters, we do downpipes, we do stormwater systems. Uh, the stormwater sumps that are in the ground we're filled with mud, we can remove all that, so it's wet and dry equipment. And it is, um, we can do ceiling cavities, we go into, up into the ceiling and uh, we can remove old insulation, um, you know. So anything that's wet or dry, we can vacuum it, uh, we can take it away and we can uh, dispose of it. And, and that's done all through your like proprietary systems and technology as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we developed uh, our own equipment. We actually developed our own vacuum and we developed our own system. It took a couple of years. Uh, we tried a few different types of equipment. Um, once we developed it and got it right, uh, it's been the same for the last sort of 15, 16 years. So it hasn't really changed. And... Um, We've got some parts of that are patented and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's well protected uh, and there's nothing else like it uh, in Australia. We're actually anywhere else in the world, actually. And you've, uh, I mean, Godovac's been around for 20 years, is that right? Yeah, we started the business in 95 um, uh, and it's, we started it because of a need uh, and we ran the business just in Bundaberg uh, and we ran it as a small service business. We ran it for a couple of years and then thought, hmm, maybe this could be a franchise. We didn't know much about franchising. Um, when we looked back on it, we knew nothing about franchising. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a, a steep learning curve. Uh, <clears throat> we then ran uh, for, it took us about three years to build the franchise model. Um, and, uh, and then we sold our first franchise in 2000. So um, it took five years from when the, the concept was... Um, developed and the idea to uh, putting it onto the floor we still then uh, we had to um, do some improvements to the machinery over the next couple of years so it was about 2005 before we uh, got the equipment that we've got now just uh, it used to take you know quite some time to get it just right and why did you choose franchising as the way to go did you assess a range of options there or and, and why did you pick that path well, we just we saw it as the easiest way to grow the business. Um, um, you know, to be quite honest, we thought, oh well, we'll franchise it, sell a dozen franchises, collect royalties, and sit back and play golf. Um, <laughs> it's going to be easy. This is nothing to it. Uh, so we were wrong. Apparently, it was. It's not quite that simple. Um, and of course, we at that stage we didn't realise how important franchisees are, uh, and not just as our lifeblood, but you know, when, when somebody takes on our franchise, we take on the responsibility of their family and their, 
and their lifestyle and you know the things that they want to do in their life so we've got a lot of responsibility and it's a big responsibility so that changed our attitude and how we thought about franchises and how we developed the business so we very much uh, think of ourselves I know it can sound a bit corny but we really do think of ourselves as a bit of a family business so we care about people and uh, we care how they how their lifestyle works for them and I think I think we've heard you use a very good analogy before about you know, your running becoming a franchisee is a bit like jumping off a, a bungee jump where the franchise is providing the, the cords itself. I mean, could you sort of elaborate that on a bit more? Um, yeah, I use that analogy quite a bit. Actually, I've done a video on it. Um, but it very much is, I mean, going into business is like bungee jumping. And if you go to a some dodgy uh, bungee jumping company, you know, you get 12 jumps for a dollar twenty. You can expect to have something go wrong, and um, yeah. you'll jump. You, you won't always end up the way you want it to. So, with a good franchise system, and there's plenty out there, um, they you know they make sure that everything's right. They make sure that you're prepared. They make sure that you get uh, the information and the and um, and all the training you need. Um, they make sure that you are in the right place as you go through your business and. And steer good franchise systems don't have to uh, lead you by the nose. All they really sh- do is they guide you. So they watch you coming up to a, an obstacle and they'll help you get around that obstacle. That's what bungee jumping analogy is all about. It's, you know, get a good company um, and you'll have a great time. Be a good experience. Warren, I mean, the selection process is, is a two-way streak. Uh, what do you look for in, in, in a franchisee? What, what, what makes it? Well, our, because our it? yeah, because our business is um, what it is. People that come on board know that they're working outside. They're working with equipment, and they more than likely going to be working on a roof uh, for the large percentage of the time. We don't have to do a lot of selection. That's they sort of select themselves. So people, what we look for is people that want to be business people uh, rather than just buying a man in a van business they uh, we like to see people and we like to see couples um, whether it be husband and wife or a, a, you know a, a man and a woman in some partnership or guys in a partnership it doesn't matter but we normally see our most successful franchisees are couples so that that's important um, not it's not mandatory but that's important, and that they want to be business people. That's that's really important. They want to build something. That's right. They're buying an asset, and uh, they want to buy it, and they want to grow it, uh, and then along the line somewhere sell it and make a profit. So build up a good client base. So it's um, it's it looks pretty simple once you've been doing it for a while, but it's very daunting for anybody that's going to join a franchise system or go into business themselves extremely nerve-wracking for them so um, you know it's our job to try and make that as painless as possible sure thing and, and in terms of that job of making it as painless as possible uh, is that from your in a lot of training and marketing support or does, or does it go beyond that oh way beyond that um, so you know there's some statistics about all of this so training we have a seven-day training course the problem with that is that 80% of the training they'll forget. Um, and that's, 
that's just a human fact. Um, you, you train somebody for seven days and they'll only remember about one day of it collectively. So you've got to make sure the bits that they remember are super important. Um, it takes us uh, about a year um, to get all the training to be bedded in um, to the new franchisee. So uh, we, we give them their week's training. We then follow it up with a weekly call from our in-house um, business coach. Uh, and she comes every Thursday or Friday. She gives them a call, holds them accountable. They, they've done goal setting. They make sure they're hitting those goals. So they, they keep that on track. Uh, and then we know what we've trained them and we see where they're starting to miss, you know, or get off, off track. So we'll just bring them back on the track. And it takes about a year to get through that whole thing. Uh, we have a fantastic uh, <clears throat> uh, community um, access to them. So we have a closed Facebook page for our franchisees only. And the good thing about that is that uh, particularly new franchisees, they're welcomed by the other guys, um, the other franchisees, and then they ask questions, you know, so they'll, they'll put a question up saying, hey guys, I'm doing this job next week, any tricks? Uh, and then other franchisees come on and give them tips. So it's very much peer-to-peer. Um, -peer. It, so that's, that's what we uh, see as very important. Yeah, and, and it's, um, you know, it can be quite lucrative, can't it, for, for some of the franchisees if they're sort of prepared to put in the hours and have, have those sort of goals in mind and benchmarks? Oh, absolutely. We've got some franchisees that are making extraordinary amount of money. Um, and we've got, you know, they, we've got 37% of our franchisees are entrepreneurs. Um, so they're all uh, Kerry Packers and that's what they, that's what they aspire to. Um, and they head in that direction and it's, it's amazing to watch. We have 34% of our franchisees are lifestylers and they're at different degrees. They're from the bottom of the lifestyle cycle where they've just come in to where some bump over into entrepreneurs. Um, that's, that's good to watch. And these are usually people, younger, younger franchisees with families. Um, so they can, you know, they can maneuver their time to suit family events and the things that children need, and wives and families and grandparents and, you know, sports days and all of that sort of stuff. So they, they can book their time to suit that. And then we've got the guys that have come on board and they've bought a job, they've man in a van type. Um, Nearly everybody comes into that category. They've got to go through there to get to the other categories. Um, but it, look, it's pretty simple. Reward equals effort, you know. Or, and if you put the effort in, uh, follow the system. That's the secret. Uh, follow the system. Follow the rules. Put the effort in. You will be rewarded. There is no one in our group that has um, done those things and not been rewarded. So it's fairly easy. So is that the the thirty seven percent the entrepreneurial type? Is that what they do better? That they they follow the rules, or is, is there any other sort of attributes? They're you? normally multi territory owners, so they'll they'll have two, three, or four, five. I've got one guy with seven territories. Um, uh, so they'll they've looked at the business as an investment rather than um, just uh, buying a franchise where they can go out and make some money. So they've bought multi-territories, multi-machines, got employees, 
they don't get on the roof and do it themselves um, and they manage their employees and they go out and knock on doors and get get their work do contracts do tenders and you know um, spread the word so people can actually come on board straight away and buy an executive model which will be half a million people and a couple hundred thousand houses and you get three machines and you just go into the business model straight away um, and we think for, for some parts of places like Sydney where it's so expensive to live, the income level has got to be so high that that's probably a great model for them. And that's what our current entrepreneurs, our current multi-franchise owners are doing. And where's the market coming from for the, for the product? I mean, you, you mentioned you've been at, at it for really 20 plus years or so. Has that shifted over the years or is demand for the service coming from similar sort of um, market segments? I know, shifting, shifting. Um, so we, we've got two markets. One is corporate or, and one is domestic. When we first started, of course, uh, it was 99% domestic. Um, now it's 70, 30 commercial. So 70% commercial, 30% domestic. Doesn't mean the domestic market's dropped off. It just means that the whole market's lifted and the domestic market stayed the same, but so many, so many more um, commercial clients. So. We do, um, you know, most of the Army and Air Force, Navy bases on the east coast of Australia, up through the middle of Australia. Um, you know, a lot of corporate clients, and and um, the corporate clients like us because we've got national brand, a uh, national support system, and we have a, an extremely comprehensive safety program. So, all of our franchisees are put through a safety course. We've developed an online course for their employees, so there's no reason why anyone in our system has not had a nationally accredited um, training course. We've got a sister company called Ballantine Safety that is, um, has developed and provides them with safety equipment, and, and the Ballantine Safety is an RTO, so as a training organisation, it gives all of our franchisees a nationally accredited uh, training course qualification. So. You know, it's a complete, it's a complete package, and the big companies really like to see that. They like to see us, uh, and their their subcontractors or contractors know what the right paperwork is and how to fill it out and how to comply and understand their obligations. So it's um, the corporate world is certainly growth, big growth for us. And and it's also a network you've built over the many years, leveraging off each other. Um, isn't it in that case? And is it to the point now where you have to focus on a few states as the, as the remaining territories are being sold off already for Gutterback? We don't have um, a marketing fund. So our franchisees do their own marketing on, the, on advice from us and from tools that we give them um, and products. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I know as our space um, reduces and the franchise territories are becoming less to sell, even the ones that now are not sold, there's clients in there because there's franchises next next door or not far away and they're going in there and providing the service. So the brand is self-growing and um, uh, it's, it's uh, very much organic uh, and we don't have to spend a lot of money in marketing uh, to get the client because we're so... We're so uh, obvious when we're out and about in our trailer and we're up on roofs. People, uh, people come to us rather than us have to go to them. 
Look, I, I know you're involved with the Franchising Council of Australia, and, and you sit on uh, on some boards there. Um, how do you how are you finding that franchising is changing in, in Australia? Well, um, it's growing. So, I mean, franchising in Australia is ten percent of GDP. So it's a huge industry. Um, you know, eleven hundred franchise brands. Uh, Three quarters of a million people employed by franchising. You know, I mean, they're roundup figures, but it's pretty pretty close. And franchising in general is an exceptionally good way to do business because you're leveraging off other people's mistakes, you're leveraging off other people's experiences. Um, so the franchise industry is just going to get stronger and stronger. You know, I've said before, come back in twenty years, you'll. Uh, you'll struggle to find, apart from small service industry, you know, like plumbers and carpenters, um, there'll be hardly be a business that's not franchised. I mean, wh- why do you think that's the case? I mean, because Australia has one of the highest per capita franchising rates in the world. I mean, do you think it's a particularly Aussie type of um, business or it's more across the board, just a, uh, an efficient business model? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, just to repeat myself, it's most of the mistakes have sort of been made, if you like. Yeah. Um, we, we've we made, uh, over the last sort of 17 years that we've been franchising, it, every, you know, every couple of years we think, well, that's it, we can't do any more to improve this, this is fantastic. Well, I'll look back now, 12 months ago, I thought that, and we've changed our business model and we've changed how we're doing business dramatically. So I've stopped saying it because it's it's evolving. It's um, it, it's an industry that will never stand still. It can't stand still just by the nature of it, um, and it gives people security. You know, for a very in most cases, uh, particularly in the service industry, it's a low entry cost. It's a low running cost. You, the overheads are virtually nothing, um, and you've got a good system that you can uh, you can use as your backdrop uh, so we find the guys who come in who don't try and change the system and the model they do they do better quickly the ones that do try and change it as soon as they become in it's a bit of human nature uh, they struggle for the first year until they realize they're going to go back and start again and do it the way they were trained uh, once they do that guess what it works for them. so that's what people are getting they're getting a system that uh, actually works. It's also pretty recession-proof um, services, um, specifically because uh, you know, even though um, even though there's going to be you know, if the economy goes south, uh, people still need to that their gutters clean. They still need to get their houses clean. Um, so it's it's pretty recession-proof that way as well, right? Oh yeah. Uh, well, we've been uh, you know we've been through. Uh, the GFC. We've been through the real estate collapsing, and 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 we've never stopped growing. Uh, right through that, we we kept growing month by month. So uh, we've had another. This year we had another last financial year. We had 15.1% growth for the year, wow. which is absolutely outstanding. Um, and uh, and we've got the figures to prove it. You know, so it's it's not a not just a rash statement. The thing about the service industry is that, um, for instance. In the aged care industry, um, and uh, they say between now and 2030, uh, which is only 13 years away, 
um, they're going to have to treble the amount of people involved in the aged care industry. So we're, we're a knock-on from that. So uh, because there's people getting older, they can't maintain their homes. But the homes are their biggest asset in most cases, so they look after them. They don't want damage. Uh, so we've got, you know, we see for the next 20 years, we're going to have a similar growth than what we've had now. I, I forecast, you know, anywhere between 10 and 15% growth every year for the next 20 years. And if you saw the figures that they're doing now, that's an incredibly impressive, you know, bottom line. Uh, and for us, overheads don't change. There's, they don't pay rent. Um, there's no rent. There's no uh, electricity bills. There's, there's nothing. It's, um, it's a bit of fuel and, uh, and your mandatory insurances. So, yeah. Great service industry, not just ours, anybody in the service industry, they're sitting on a gold mine for the next, you know, 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to hear that long-term plan. In, in terms of 2017-18, uh, any, any key goals or milestones you're hoping, hoping to tick off for Gutterback? Um, well, we, uh, we would have liked to have had about 90 territories uh, by the end of this year. And I, we're probably not going to hit that, but uh, we'll go close. Um, we see the next three years um, as filling the, uh, you know, filling the jar. We think we'll have most of our franchises' territories sold and um, producing. There's a normal uh, rotation of resales. People move in and then uh, run it for a few years, build it up, build a customer base up, and then sell, take their profit, and move on. Um, that's what we see. We forecast that. We're also, um, we have done um, an agreement uh, partnership in America. So we're, we're in America under the name of Outback Gutterback. And um, so we have a couple of franchisees over there in Atlanta and Alabama and Louisiana, um, which is great because we've actually got the guys in America are talking to our franchisees over here and, and they're talking about their experiences. So it's, it's absolutely fabulous. Um, and we're currently in, uh, in discussions with a company in the uh, UK about taking Gutterback into the UK uh, on a joint venture partnership. So, yeah, we've got a, we're a little bit on the books at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's very impressive um, going into completely different markets. Um, yeah, nicely done. I mean, I mean, in terms of people who've heard the story and want to get involved, what, what are the next steps in reaching out to you, Warren? Uh, well, the electronically, the easiest way is just to go to our website, go to Franchise Opportunities. Um, down the right-hand side, to help people, we've put there, I'm sure you've asked, you've got some questions. And, and most people, you know, like that arm's distance. They like to ask those questions. Not, and we've put it there so you don't have to feel um, confronted. So a lot of questions there that get answered. Um, go through that and if you want to again go further there's a very simple process of putting down your name and your details and we contact you the day you send it um, and then there's the normal process that the franchising uh, code of conduct require us to follow. Right, excellent well thank you very much for your time today Warren that's it's been uh, quite interesting. Well great um, oh, thanks very much for the opportunity it's fantastic and uh, Let's, uh, let's see franchising is the best way to do business forever. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Warren. All right, boys. See ya.
Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Warren Ballantyne from Gutterback. For more information about this and other opportunities, head to EdenExchange.com or BusinessBuyInvest.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram for regular updates on the business, franchising and investment world. Thanks for listening.